Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your presence that rests in this place tonight. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is resting upon us right now. Resting upon every listener, Lord, we just we just acknowledge your glory. We acknowledge your manifest tangible presence in this place and on our lives tonight, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for sending us another comforter, another friend that is with us forever. And Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge you tonight. We acknowledge our dependence upon you. Uh, We thank you that you are the spirit of truth and you lead and guide us into all truth. You show us things to come. You manifest Jesus to us. You teach us, Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. You are our unction. (laughs) And we are led by you. And so we look to you tonight, Holy Spirit, to guide the teaching tonight, Lord. You know every person. You know what's going on in their lives, Lord. You know what they need. You know the challenges that they are facing. Father, you know the promises they are standing on, God. You know the breakthrough that is needed, Father. You know everything that concerns us tonight, Lord. And I thank you that you're perfecting it. I thank you that you're manifesting heaven in our lives, God. I thank you that you are taking what Jesus has purchased, Holy Spirit, and you are manifesting it in our lives. Uh, We depend on you. We follow you. And I thank you that tonight you are going to speak words of life. You are going to speak words of joy and words of peace and words of encouragement, words of freedom, God. Thank you that there's an upgrade just in the atmosphere tonight, Lord. And we just, by faith, we just reach up and take it. We just reach out and take it, Lord. Like the woman with the issue of blood, just reached out and touched the hem of your garment, God. I thank you that the atmosphere, even on the podcast tonight, Lord, is just charged with all kinds of miracles and all kinds of breakthroughs, God, and all kinds of upgrades. And so, Lord, we just take it by faith tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, I just, I just thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're saying. And we just tap into that tonight, and we just receive it all. In Jesus' name, we just receive all that belongs to us in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I had a topic on my heart tonight, and... Uh, I was kind of wondering if the Lord was going to change it. Because sometimes, you know, I think of something and he thinks of something else. <laughs> and I usually let him go ahead and be the boss in those matters. But I'm not getting anything else. So I'm just going to assume that uh, we are of one mind tonight. And we are going to go over to a um, popular scripture. I mean, it's one that we've heard a lot. It's over in Proverbs. So let me just pull it up here. Uh, Okay, it's a a very well-known scripture. It starts in Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, let me just read it. And I'm going to read it tonight. I've never read it in this translation, but I, I really love the Passion Translation. So I think I'll read it there tonight. Starting in verse 5, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Now, this is the scripture that says, you know, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, right? Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. But in the Passion Translations, here's what it says. I love this. It says, trust in the Lord completely, and do not rely on your own opinions. Isn't that good? We can laugh about that, right? It says, with all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. In verse 6, it says, become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he 
will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. It says, then you will find healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. It says, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Oh, that's good. But I really want to hone in back on verse five. This is kind of what was on my heart today. It says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. That's the, that's the modern way of saying don't lean on your own understanding. It says, with all of your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. All right. I, I just wanted to, what was on my heart tonight was to talk about just fully depending on the Lord, fully trusting in the Lord and coming up to another level where we are not operating independent from him, but we are really, you know, walking in the spirit. Uh, and you know, a lot of times, you know, I don't know. I've probably heard or read that scripture, you know, walk in the spirit, be led by the spirit. You know, these are, these are very common themes if you've been a Christian for more than a minute. Uh, but I don't know that it is such a common theme in our day to day walking out of life. And I, what I mean by that is that it's just so easy to get caught up in your own mind and to get caught up in your own opinions and to, to honestly get inside your head and rely on your physical senses and get pulled away by distractions and get drawn into circumstances and the drama with people or the, the challenges and the temptations and the trials and the tribulations. I mean, just that happen on a day to day basis, right? It's like, um, you turn on the news and you can get pulled out of the spirit in about 30 seconds. It's, it, there's just a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of information that we're bombarded with all the time. There's, there's situations going on in our lives and in the lives of others. And, and so it's easy. It's easy just to live out of our own understanding and out of our own opinion. And I remember being really, really confused for many years about how Jesus actually lived completely dependent on the Father. Uh, it seemed like, you know, I would go to church or I would listen to Bible teaching and it was, I, I was learning a lot of, it felt like I was learning a lot of principles. And the principles are good principles. I mean, sowing and reaping is a great principle. Um, Forgiveness is a, is obviously a way of life. It's a, a, a it's a godly, holy principle. Um, you know, I could just keep going through just different principles that we learn. You know, uh, humility, and uh, you know, even in the Beatitudes, it talks about you know how the meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, it's like there were like all of these different principles and lessons that I was learning about what it meant to be a Christian, and so. I think for a long time, I tried to do those things. You know, I, I, tr I was, I was working on being humble. I was, I was working on giving in faith. You know, I was working on forgiving and loving my enemies and, and walking in forgiveness and choosing, uh, the commandments of, 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 you know, the Lord. And I, I remember a time when the Lord began to really minister to me about depending on him. And, and really at first I, you know, I thought, okay, well that just meant, you know, listening for his lead and, and following his instructions. That was what it meant to be, to walk in the spirit. But as I sat with him for, you know, over the years, and even in this season of my life, I feel like the Lord 
is continuing to take me deeper and continuing to unpack what it really means to abide in the vine and what it really means to totally depend on the Lord. And one of the most, I think, dramatic things it means to depend on the Lord is honestly to let go of our own opinions and our own understanding and our own judgments. And the, the issue with this is that we don't even realize we're doing it. <laughs> you know, we've lived in our own independent thinking for so long. We thought, you know, our minds were kind of separate from God for so long. We don't even recognize that we're thinking independent from God, that we're, we're, we're forming opinions apart from the Lord's opinions. And uh, in, in John chapter 5, I'm going to read the, the scripture in um, verse 30. And I'm going to start reading. I'll read in a couple different versions, but I'm going to start reading in, in the New International Version. And it says, by myself, this is Jesus talking, by the way, which makes it even more incredible. It says, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just, or we could say right, for I not, I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Okay, I'm going to read it in a different translation. Uh, I'm going to read it, I'm going to read it in the voice because the voice is just really amazing. Uh, it says this, it says, I have never acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me, and I act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. Uh, There's another scripture in this same chapter. Uh, It's another time where Jesus says, of my own self, I can do nothing. And it's uh, right here in verse 19. I'll read it in a voice. It says, the truth is that the son does nothing on his own. All these actions are led by the father. It says the son watches the father closely and then mimics the work of the father. The father loves the son, so he does not hide his actions. Instead, he shows him everything and the things not revealed yet revealed by the father will dumbfound you. The father can life to those who can give life to those who are dead in the same way the son can give life to those who he chooses. So there's two places here in John chapter 5 where Jesus is saying that he on his own he can do nothing. And you know the truth is, I mean Jesus could have done stuff on his own. It's just that he didn't, he recognized that anything worth doing, he couldn't do on his own. I mean, do I think Jesus could have chosen to act independently? He probably could have. He was free. He was, um, but he, he was also perfect. And so that means he operated in perfect dependence. And he was, let's say it this way, the perfect son. And you and I are growing into the image of Jesus. We are, we are, we are being conformed into the image of Jesus. And so this means that there's a work of the Holy Spirit in our life that is coming aft, after the ways that we are operating independent from Him. And, You know, in my, my school, Emerge, School of Transformation, one of the required books that I make all of the students read is a wonderful book by Gregory Boyd. It's called Repenting of Religion. And this book, I feel like is, it's like one of those books that when you read it, you just realize how, how, <laughs> how much work that the Holy Spirit really has to do because it just exposes how much of our own opinions that we actually really are operating out of and how our own judgment and how our own thinking processes 
are so much, so much of the time independent from God. And so I've been just making a habit a lot of time in my journal. I've been starting out in my journal time asking the Lord, you know, I I mean, I could tell him what I think, you know, but truthfully, it's been more like, what should I think? I, I don't really know what to think. I mean, I have some thoughts, you know, thoughts are like clouds. They just pass through our minds sometimes. And then a lot of times, how many of us just spend time thinking, right? We're just thinking. We're just, I don't know, intellectualizing. A lot of times it's worrying, right? And we're just, we're mulling over things in our head or we're, we're meditating on different situations. And, you know, and, and it's really just this invitation to think with the Lord and, I'll say this, most of the time when I think with the Lord, I am shocked by the time I am done with my journaling. The way the Lord thinks about things. And I, I, you know, he, he just, he thinks it's such a, you know, we say higher level in Isaiah 55. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. But I, I also find them that they're deep. They're deeper thoughts. They're deeper ways. And in just making a practice of just connecting into that mind. And I've found that to do that, it means that we have to slow down. It, it does. It really it requires that we, uh, there's a scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. And most people, including myself, I tell you, it is, there is a lot going on between our ears. And I think, I think that's why monks and, and, you know, people that would go to monasteries would go away like that because it was like getting away from the noise of our lives it sometimes isn't easy in a, in a, when you're living a normal life, when you're not a monk and you're not at a monastery. But I really wanted to challenge you with this because Einstein said something one time that was actually brilliant. It may not be in the Bible, but it's still brilliant. Um, and it's a quote that has to do with problem solving. And obviously Einstein was a pretty good problem solver, I would say, Right? And he said, let me just pull it up here. I got it on my notes here. Bear with me. He said this. He said, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. It's a really brilliant quote. And I just want to say that we have access to the mind of Christ, to the brilliance that created everything. But that's not even doing it justice. I mean, he created things to work that the most brilliant people that have ever lived, like Einstein, would discover you know, I mean, the brilliance of the theory of relativity, the brilliance of quantum physics, the brilliance of the human body, the brilliance of DNA, just the brilliance. I mean, think about this, all of the uh, the inventions that have ever been created. I mean, Thomas Edison and creating light. I mean, the brilliance of God is beyond all of this. I mean, he, he understands light. He, he probably gave Edison the the, the solution. But we have access to this mind. But I think a lot of times we just aren't, I don't, maybe we don't hear enough teaching about it. I don't know. But it's like, what would happen if we tapped in, really, really began to tap into the mind of God and stop, just let our own opinions go, let our own just low-level, low-level thinking, low-level judgments, low-level perceptions. You know, human perception is so very limited. Human judgment gets people into so many 
so many misunderstandings and miscommunications and just our perception is just so limited. And I just want to encourage you that no matter what problem you have right now, no matter what problem you're thinking about right now, or what, like I said, what promise you're thinking about, or what even goal you're thinking about, maybe it's not a problem. Well, there is another level of thinking. There is a higher way of operating that is available to us. It's not like, you know, it's called the mysteries of the kingdom, but we've been given access to these mysteries. I think that um, 2 Corinthians is one of the most exciting promises, one of the most exciting chapters when you put it in the context of what we're talking about here tonight. Um, I'll just start reading um, here. Oh, I went to 2 Corinthians. Let me, I went to, let me go. I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, here's what it says. It says, I'll just start in verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. Paul's talking here. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. It says the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. It says, The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. It says, The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such such a person is not subject to mere human judgments. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord? so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And so as I'm just sitting with these scriptures and sitting with this topic tonight, I really feel that this is an invitation for us to come up into the counsel of God, to come up into the the wisdom of God and come up to a higher level of understanding, a higher level of perception, a higher level of perceiving, perceiving, you know, in Hebrews, um, I'm going to go here really quick. I'm going to come back to here because we're not done with this, but in Hebrews 11, uh, verse one. And of course, this is the scripture that describes what faith is, but this higher, I want to read this out of the amplified translation because there's a higher level of perceiving, a higher level of perception, a higher level of processing in our mind. It's, it's, a, it's a revelatory realm. It's a realm where we are thinking with God, where we are processing with God, where we are, we are co-creating with God. We are problem solving with God. It is, it is prophetic, but it is, it's not just for prophets. It, it is, it is a discernment. It is, it is not, it is not reasoning. It is not intellect. It is not physical sense driven. It is Holy Spirit revealed. And if we go back to Proverbs three, when it, it, I mean, this was, this was before Jesus and before Jesus, the, the, in Proverbs, it's saying, don't lean on your own understanding. 
So if there is a place of life, there is a place in Christ, there's a place of abiding where we are superseding the human intellect, where we are operating as though the curse never entered the earth, where we are redeemed from this place of fallen thinking and fallen perception and fallen judgment. Because human opinion and human judgment apart from Christ, let's be clear, is fallen. It is a, it is, it is of human origin. It's what, it's what the, what James describes as sensual, even devilish wisdom. It's not the wisdom from above. It's the wisdom of men, <laughs> which is foolishness to God. And I, there is an invitation. I'm telling you, the body of Christ is, is called to operate in a wisdom and called to operate in a level of thinking that is the mind of God. I mean, we, we have access to an intelligence that is greater than Einstein, that is greater than Edison, that is greatest than the greatest human mind that has ever, ever lived on the planet. And what this means is that there, there is a, another way of perceiving reality, another way of perceiving truth. And it is walking in the spirit, but it's, it needs to be described so that we can begin to, frankly, discern when we're not there. <laughs> you know, because if you, if you, if you begin to discern when you aren't operating at that level, well, then you even know to say, well, I, gosh, I must be leaning on my own understanding. I must be, I must be not walking in the spirit. But I wanted to read Hebrews 11 here about perceiving. It says here in the Amplified, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. It says the conviction of their reality. And this is the sentence that I um, uh, wanted to, the last part of this. And actually, I think it's in the Amplified Classic because it's not. Here we go. I, I want to read this in this version. It says, let me start over. I apologize. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see, and the conviction of the reality. And this is what I wanted to read in this amplified version. It says, faith perceiving is real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceives facts that are not revealed to the senses. I'm going to say it again. Faith perceives facts that are not revealed to the senses. So revelation operates in this realm of faith. Discernment operates in this realm of faith, receiving the wisdom of God, the judgment of God, the, when I say the judgment, I'm not talking about the wrath of God. I'm talking about the opinions of God. I'm talking about the reasoning of God. I'm talking about, um, the perceivings of God, the workings of the mind of God. You know, that just this week when I was journaling, the Lord was talking to me about freedom. And as he was talking to me about freedom, honestly, it was, it, it was blowing my mind. Uh, and, and I believe that's how most of what God's thoughts, how they kind of, it is foolishness to the natural mind. I mean, it does kind of short circuit your human circuitry. Uh, and, and it, it is, I want to say this, it does take time. It takes time with the Lord to listen to listen to his thoughts, to uh, seek his thoughts, to get his perspective. You know, just recently the Lord said this to me, and I'm still working on this one in a sense of just wrapping my mind around it. He said, Shalise, he says, you need to integrate with Christ at a subconscious level. Now, I, I have no idea how to even begin to think about what you would, when I think he said you need to, I don't really think he meant I was supposed to do it (laughs) 
because I don't know how to do it. (laughs) And I don't think I'm supposed to figure it out necessarily. But I think he was more just stating this is what's needed. This is what you need. Not you need to do it. It's more just like this is what's needed. And then again, another day he was talking to me about freedom. And it it's, it's like I didn't even know how to process it. It was at a level that was so high, so far above religion, so far above anything that I had ever heard, honestly. And there's what I guess what I'm sharing this is to say there's an invitation into the realm of revelation. Whew! And in this place of revelation, I mean, I, that's, you know, they called Paul a madman. <laughs> he was visiting the third heaven and he was experiencing things that he said, you know, human words, you know, was I in my body? Was I out of my body? You know, I was hearing utterances that cannot be uttered. I don't know if they can't be uttered just because you can't put human words to them or if they can't be uttered because you don't speak that language or they can't be uttered because it's forbidden to be uttered. You know, I'm not sure exactly, but I just know there is this realm of revelation. There is a place that is higher than our understanding, than our, our perception. And I will tell you this, that, um, worry, condemnation, uh, frustration, confusion, the feeling of being overwhelmed, the feelings of being out of control, so many of the just kind of negative states of mind that we experience on an ongoing basis will be completely eradicated when you tap into this realm, when you tap into the mind, into the, the thoughts of God. So, Shalise, how do you do this? How do you do this, Shalise? How do you step into this realm of revelation? How do you accept this invitation into the mind of God, into this place of thinking and, and at this point, dreaming with God? And, well, I think, I think the first step is to recognize that we need to do this. <laughs> Just to recognize that we maybe have been thinking independently from God. That we have not been abiding in the vine in the most practical way that we can, which is just with our thinking. If we are thinking independent from God, well, guess what? I heard Joyce Meyer say one time, and I totally agree with it, where the mind goes, the man follows. Meaning that where our thoughts go, our life goes. Where our thoughts go, our choices, our, our, our decisions, we make decisions out of our thinking. We make choices out of our thinking. And so the first step is to recognize, wow, I'd like to think with God. I would like to not lean on my own understanding. I would like to set down my own judgment. I would like to, to, to release my own opinions. I would like to, uh, think with the mind of Christ. Whew, hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, it just starts out of a desire. It's a recognition that I'm, maybe I'm, I'm thinking independently and you know, wow, no, I, I just would like, I'm going to stop that and I'm just going to invite the Lord into my thinking. Lord, what are you thinking? I, and just, I, I say this a lot to him lately. I, I don't, what should I think? What should I think? (laughs) It seems very almost silly to say that, but it is a huge, huge breakthrough and growth in my life. It's probably been about a 10-year process. I mean, I remember I had a prophetic word a while ago. I mean, it was a good 10 years ago at this point where the Lord was talking about how he was... uh, he was going to shine the light on my thinking and he was going to teach me to see things from his perspective and to depend on him to judge situations and circumstances and hearts. And it's like, oh, well, this is a wonderful prophetic word, you know? And truthfully, it is, it was, it was not that great when, when it came time to God doing that work in my life, (laughs) 
because what it meant was is that he was going to reveal to me in all the ways that I was judging situations, circumstances, and hearts apart from him and how I had set myself up with my own opinions and my own uh, reality and my own way of thinking about things. And so it was this real unraveling of independence in my life. And it's, it's not attractive, you know, to look at. Uh, when you recognize that you are thinking like you know it, <laughs> you know? Um, and, but I'd say this, it, on this side of just kind of now getting to where my first thought when I journal isn't to just tell God all about it anymore, you know? I, I, he already knows about it, so I just save some time. I mean, it's wonderful to think that you don't even have to tell God the situation, <laughs> you know? Instead, I'm just kind of like, what? Do, I think most of my, like, most of my journal entries now is like, I don't know what to think. So I think you should just think with me. What, 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 what should we think? What should I think? You know? And there is so much revelation that is available to us when we just stop leaning on our own understanding. That, that is such an powerful promise in Proverbs. It's very simple. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't depend on your own opinion. <laughs> and then it says in all of your ways, that means all of your ways, acknowledge him. That's like, hey, God, what's up? Acknowledge him. You're here. I'm here. We're here. What are you thinking? I mean, I think half the battle sometimes is we forget God's with us. We forget he's in us. We think we're in it alone. But no, it's just like an acknowledgement. Hey, what's up, Holy Spirit? Hey, Jesus, so glad you're here. And then it's just the simple, what do you think? You know, today, you know, the Lord just said, you're just going to have to keep on trusting me. Just going to have to keep on trusting me. Something so simple, but yet profound, profound. Coming to this place of revelatory living. Whew, doesn't that sound wonderful? Revelatory living, where we're living in the revelatory realm. You know, this scripture with John, um, in John, where Jesus was talking about how he doesn't do anything apart from the Father, and he says, the Father shows me what he's doing. The Father shows me what he's doing. You know, and I think that that is one of the biggest benefits of sonship. I think it's one of the biggest benefits of maturing into Christ and growing up and getting out of the carnality of just trusting your own understanding and your own physical senses and your own perception of the situation. And when you're starting to lay that down and you start to recognize that, wow, I, the Lord's doing something in this situation. He's doing something even in the terrible things that maybe are going on right now. God's doing something. And what is he doing? What is the father doing through the circumstances of your life? What is the, what is the father doing in the storm that you may be in? I remember the Lord telling me years ago, I'm training you in the storm. He said, this storm is not to, it's not going to kill you. It's going to reveal you. Wow. You know, it's like, Wow. And it's true. You know, storms do reveal what's in our heart. Don't they? They will either reveal the, the, the great faith of the centurion that you have, or they will reveal the fear, or they will reveal the doubt. They will reveal you. The storm is not going to kill you. It is going to reveal you. And it's true. And... But the Lord is doing something. Lord have mercy. And revelation 
tapping into that mind and the thoughts of God. I'll tell you what, he will let you know what he's doing. He told me, I'm going to set you free. You're going to depend on me to judge situations, circumstances, and hearts. I mean, he let me know what he was going to do. And then he just went ahead and did it. Amen. And, you know, and, but it, it is, there's something to this new perspective. You know, when I talk day in, day out, you know, I have quite a few applicants every week that I talk to that are applying to be a part of Emerge School of, of Transformation. And it's, it's one of the processes that I go through is I'm on these interviews with people. So I'm really listening to hear what God's doing in their life. You know, not, not necessarily just exactly everything they're saying. Of course, I'm listening to what they're saying, but I'm also listening to the Father at the same time. You know, being in ministry or ministering with others is some of the best training in this, right? Because you do have to learn to listen to people, but also listen to the Father. Uh, because he's going to be moving through you. He's going to be speaking through you. And so it kind of, it's really good training for not leaning on your own understanding. Because I don't know if you think this, but I, I don't have anything to offer anybody. I can't help people. I mean, I can listen. I can maybe, in, you know, encourage them, give them a hug or something. But people, you know, people need miracles. People need Jesus. They don't need Shalice. I mean, they need Jesus. And so... A lot of times I'm just leading people to the Lord. I'm leading to them to the mind of Christ. And so in one sense, that's wonderful training for living out of this place of revelation that I'm talking about. But at the same time, we need to do this all the time, not just when we're ministering to someone else. So step one, recognize, wow, I'm thinking independently. Step two, I'd like to think with God. I'd like to step into this realm of revelation. Lord, let me ask you, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? You know, and if you don't journal, I highly encourage you to journal. It's, it's much easier, I think, to think with God when you're writing it down. There's something about the flow of God's thoughts that starts to happen when you are journaling that just is a different flow. It's an easier flow, right? And then you just listen. You listen to the Lord. And I, I say this sometimes, you know, it's like sometimes we get our panties in such a wad. I don't know how to say it any other way, but we get so uptight. We're so bound up with the situation and the anxiety and the worry and the, the problem that we can't hear anything. You know, and so what do we do? What do we do? What do we do when we're in those situations? Well, saints, that is a really important question. How do we get back into the place of abiding when we have found ourselves like the broken branch that's over here in the fire being burned? How do we reconnect? Because the truth is we've not disconnected. It's only in our head. It's, it's 100% in our mind. And so how do you get a mind that is kind of out of control back under control? How do you get it back submitted to the Holy Spirit? I mean, there are times when I've literally just talked to my head. I'm literally like soul in the name of Jesus. I command you to be at peace. I command you to submit to the Holy Spirit. You are out of control and this is unacceptable. You know, so I just straight up talk to my brain. I talk to my mind. I've been known to talk to my neural pathways before. Just say, listen here, neural pathways. I know you've been programmed to work this way, but right now in Jesus' name, I'm telling you, you're going to submit to the Holy Spirit. You think, Shalice, well, you're crazy. No, I, I used to be crazy before I started talking like this. This is actually helping me, right? But, but, but what's the point? The real point and why this is so important and why this invitation is here is because your breakthrough is first and foremost in your thinking. Just like Einstein said, problems are not solved at the same level of thinking that created them. And so the breakthrough happens first in our minds. Romans 12, Romans 12, 2 says that we are not to be conformed to the world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We, our lives, the breakthrough comes through breakthrough thinking. Through breakthrough thinking. And it's as simple as an idea. I mean, the woman with the issue of blood, she just had an idea. If I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Peter, in the boat, Jesus, if that's you, beckon me to come out on the water. Just a thought, a thought away 
a thought away from a breakthrough. I just want to say this. You're a thought away from the break. Hey, I feel that. You're a thought away from the breakthrough. It's a new thought. It's a revelatory thought. It's a Holy Spirit revealed thought. It's a strategy from heaven. It is a insight into what the Father is doing that you get into agreement with and just do what he's doing. You say what he's saying. I mean, we sing this in worship sometimes. Where you go, I'll go. Where you, what you say, I'll say. You know, but it really is just a connection into this place where the mystery becomes revealed. And so we press, we press into this. We press past our own opinions. We press past our own judgment. We release those. We recognize that we have those. And we give God a clean slate to reason with us from. It's like you just erase the board in your mind. Erase the white board of thoughts and opinions and judgments in your mind. Get out the blood of Jesus and just begin to wipe that thing clean. The blood says, in Hebrews it says that the blood of Jesus purges our conscience from dead works so that we may serve the living God. So get that, I mean, you can just in your imagination, just begin to wipe your mind, the, just the, give God a clean slate to work through. Work from, and even if we think we've heard from God in the past, well, guess what? He can reconfirm it. If we are not get, seeing the breakthrough, if we are not seeing the, the, the heaven manifesting in a particular area of our lives, well, maybe we just have, maybe we just don't have the full revelation yet. Maybe we just haven't heard the mind of God about the situation. Maybe we interrupted him. Maybe he wasn't finished talking. I mean, that was something I'm very guilty of. I, I'm still learning to be a listener, especially even to God. And it's like, you know, I, I just, my brain works fast. I'm fast. I, you know, I, I'm up and out before maybe I should just sit a little longer. <sighs> and the pressure, the pressure, the enemy brings pressure. Why? Because he doesn't want you to connect to revelation. Why? Because that he can't beat the light. The light shines, and I mean, it's not a fight. Dark doesn't fight the light. It ceases to exist in the light. And all things are made manifest by the light, it says in Ephesians 5. So this revelatory realm is the realm of light. It's the realm of no fight. It's the realm of the thought. Hey, it's the realm of the thoughts of God where there is, there is no fight when there is light. Revelation, the gates of hell will not prevail. Against what? The rock of revelation. The rock. The, 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 Wow, you know, just that the mysteries of the kingdom, the enemy just says, no, he's confused. He's confused. He wouldn't have crucified Jesus if he would have known. He was confused. And revelation confuses the enemy. He just doesn't, doesn't know what, just, yeah. So what are some other pointers on this? So it's it's a willingness to recognize I've been thinking independent from God and to begin to just ask God, I want to think with you. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Listening, taking time, being still, speaking to your mind if you have to, to get that, that sucker under control. I mean, seriously, right? We have a helper. We have a helper. And we ask, you know, the Holy, Holy Spirit, help my mind. Help my mind. Um, you know, it says that we have to take our thoughts obedient to Christ. That the, those are our weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are, they are, you know what the, the weapons are? Thinking. Our thinking is the weapon. Let's go there. I'm just going to the scripture. Because this is a powerful, powerful thought here. <clears throat> In Second uh, Corinthians 10, chapter 4, it says this, For the weapons of our warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so this is so powerful that it it literally says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal thoughts. We're not going to win the battle with human reasoning. We're going to win. We're going to tear down strongholds. We're going to have the victory by coming into the knowledge of God and bringing our thoughts 
into obedience of the mind of Christ. Whew, it's, it's amazing to think that the battle, and I know we've heard this. I mean, we've heard it so much it's a cliche. The battle's in the mind. The battle's in the mind. The battle's in the mind. But it is 100% in the mind. I mean, I know this, like, we need, we need a revelation about this. Because there is an invitation to think with God. There is an invitation to come back to the place of revelatory thinking. Before the fall, redeemed from the curse, translated from this kingdom of darkness, this kingdom of reasoning, this kingdom of human judgment into this place, man, where all things are possible. And I just know that God wants to blow our minds. He really does. He wants to blow those strongholds out. He wants to blow our minds with his goodness, blow our minds with his power, blow our minds with what he's doing. I mean, think about the plan of God, even with the cross. I mean, who, what, an, what kind of plan was that? His plans are just incredible. And they're for us. They're for our expected end. He says all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. I'm called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? So that means he's working together things for our good. So, Father, what are you doing? And what do we do? What do you want us to do? What what are you asking us to do? This is the second time I've thought of this, so I'm going to go ahead and share it. Um, There was a, a Graham Cook testimony one time about a guy who had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And the church called a prayer meeting for for the guy. And, of course, everybody from the church showed up and began to pray for the, the guy who needed a healing. And Graham walked into the meeting, and the Lord spoke clearly to Graham and said, walk around and find those that are just listening. And he said, out of about 100 and, you know, maybe 150 people in the building, I mean, you know, he walked around looking for people that were listening, and some people are like, you know, praying loud at God, telling him about the problem. Oh, you know, John was a good man. His family is in need of a miracle, God. We just pray healing for John. You know, just praying. I mean, they're praying. You know, some people are worshiping God. I mean, just all kinds of things going on in prayer. But God said, find the ones that are listening. And so there was, he said there was only about six or seven in the whole place. And so he got the six or seven listeners together and said, the Lord said, form a prayer meeting with those six or seven people. And so he got a prayer meeting at his house and he just began to follow the Lord's instructions. The first night he said, you're just, you guys just worship. Second time they got back together, just worship. The third time they got together, he said, I mean, you know, it takes some patience just to worship. You probably have some people that won't come back a second time if you, all you're doing is worshiping. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. So get back together a third time, and, and God said, I want, you know, break everybody out into their own individual prayer time and just have them listen to what I'm saying. And then they came back together, and they shared what they were what they'd heard, and many of them heard the same things. I mean, that's a faith builder, Right. And they began to kind of hear what the mind of God was about this situation with this this man who was terminally ill. And they crafted a prayer based upon what they heard. And, you know, the story goes basically that the man was completely healed from terminal brain cancer. But, of course, that's amazing. That's awesome. Hallelujah. But really, the reason I feel like the Holy Spirit was bringing that testimony up a couple of times tonight and wanted me to share it was that God has a strategy for every hopeless situation. Whew. There is a strategy for every hopeless situation in your life and the life of your loved ones. And you're not going to get that strategy worrying. And you're not going to get that strategy reasoning. And you're not going to get that strategy judging. You're going to get that strategy listening. I'm just coming up as the Holy Spirit's leading me. Another another person that um, 
I really recommend this book if you've never read it. It's another book on prayer, which that book, that, that Graham Cook testimony is a book called Crafted Prayer. That's a good book on prayer. It's really like listening prayer and crafting prayers or developing prayers based on what you're hearing from the Lord. Um, but there's another book that's really amazing, actually, on prayer. And it's by, I, I talk about this one a lot, too. It's David Yonge Cho's books, Fourth Dimension. There's volume one, volume two, and volume three. But there's a particular thing that he talks about in this book that the Holy Spirit's bringing up to me tonight that has to do with, he talks about the Western church. David Yonge Cho would criticize the Western church quite a bit. He would talk about how everyone's in a rush in the Western church. Like people in the West, this is what he would say, is that they don't know how to wait on the Lord. And, you know, I don't think I've ever really been at a, place, you know, that they've talked a lot about waiting on the Lord. Um, but there is a place for just waiting. Uh, not too long ago, I needed to make a decision and I felt like I needed to make it that day. There was, I felt like some things on the line, that it needed to be dealt with. And I was under a lot of pressure, honestly, a ton of pressure to make a decision. But I was, I was just determined. I'm not moving until I've heard God. I'm not going to move. And I wasn't hearing anything. And so finally, I remember just saying to the Lord, I can't hear you. And this is what the Lord said to me. You hear me just fine. I'm just not talking. And I'm telling you, that's the first time in my relationship with the Lord in my entire life where he had said, now I'm thankful that he said that because then I'm thinking, okay, there is nothing wrong with my hearing. He's just being quiet. Well, I wish I could say that I was just quiet, you know, but no, it just the pressure. The pr- I mean, I ended up worshiping all day because I was just trying to resist the pressure. And finally, the next day when the Lord did speak, and did give me direction about what to do. He said, the reason I wasn't speaking yesterday is because I needed you to discern the voices that control, try to control you. Because if you can't discern those, you will be controlled by them. And so this is, you know, this message tonight is really, it's, it's, a, it's a grow up message. I mean, it's a message about setting down your own opinions and setting down your own way of looking at things. And, and what it, it does mean that you slow down. It means that you do wait. And sometimes it means waiting in the uncomfortable place and a very uncomfortable place. Because why? You're used to living, I'm used to living independent. I'm used to taking care of myself, making my own decisions, thinking these are no-brainers. These are no-brainers. This is just what responsible people do. This is what adult people do. Well, no, not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we are led by the Spirit. In the kingdom, we are dependent upon God. We don't just assume to know the Lord's will in every situation. I mean, granted, I mean, we know it's not to have adultery. We know it's not, you know, to go smoke crack, but... You know, when it comes to the day-to-day decisions of how to handle things, it's uh, it may be a little different than what we assume it to be. Especially if the wisdom of men is foolishness to God. You know, it's foolish to give all your money away. It's foolish to do things sometimes that God tells you to do. It it doesn't seem logical. Matter of fact, sometimes the fact that it's not logical is how you know it's God. So, some of us need to slow down and wait on the Lord. And I'll say this. What if we made intimacy with God our number one goal? What if we made just knowing him, knowing his thoughts, like David, just being being a person after God's own heart? Yeah, just, just, just made that the goal. Because here's what I know. 
God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So we, we accept the invitation, Lord. We accept this invitation into your mind. <laughs> we just pull up a lazy boy right up there in the mind of God. Lord, I thank you there's a new place for us to relax. There is a new place for us not to learn but to discern. And it's funny, I see us in this lazy boy. It's kind of like, it's not really a lazy boy. It's more like one of those really cool movie loungers, but it goes really kind of far back. And I'm seeing us with these like virtual reality glasses on. I've never put virtual reality glasses on before, but I know enough from movies and things to know what they are. But what this is, is like, it's this, it's like a virtual reality theater. And it's, but it's in the mind of God. And what I hear him saying is, is that we can hook up to this virtual reality and that it's, it's, it's a new way of experiencing reality. Hey, that there is, (laughs) that God does not experience reality the way that we just as mere humans experience reality. And that there is a place where we can come in and plug in. He says, plug in to the mind of God. And experience my reality. Interact with the unseen realm. And I'm, I'm seeing that as the more that we spend time in that realm with these like virtual reality glasses on, it's kind of like that movie The Matrix. Have you ever seen The Matrix? Where you start to realize that us sitting in the recliner is actually the is actually what's not the real reality. The real reality is what we think is the unseen virtual reality. And so the Lord is just really, I, I, see, I see it. It's like he is blurring the lines between the seen and the unseen realm in our lives. He is blurring the, you know, I've always heard it said like, you know, heaven is just a membrane away that that the the realm the dimension of the kingdom is just a mem- membrane it's a dimension it's a dimension and that there is a blurring of the dimensions and that that is part of thinking with the lord because he is a multidimensional god he is not just living he's not just living in the spirit realm and he's not trapped in the physical realm that's why jesus could walk through walls it's all it's just one multidimensional realm to him thank you father and there is there is a training that he wants to to do with us there is a training of where we are manifesting, we are manifesting impossible things through this. Just We're just reaching into the other realm and just bringing it here. We're just bringing it out. Thank you, Father. And so we accept the invitation, Lord. We accept the invitation to, to come into your mind. We have the mind and we just, we, we, we say yes and amen to it. And we just say yes to thinking with you. And Lord, I just release in the name of Jesus, just a move of the Holy Spirit in our minds. I just release right now, Lord, a interdimensional move (laughs) of the Holy Spirit into our minds, God, that, that, yeah, this, the blinders are coming off. I declare the God of this world that has blinded our minds is rebuked in the name of Jesus. And I right now declare a 
uh, healing of blindness in our minds right now. I rebuke the spirit of blindness in our minds and I, I release the light. I say, let there be light. Let there be revelation. Father, grant unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Yeah, enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we may know the hope of our calling and that, Lord, just release revelation. Release perception, uh, faith-based perception, God. I just, yeah, we just take the blinders off so that we can see more clearly, think more clearly with you. And thank you, Father, even for dreams, that as we dream, Father, at night, Lord, you're going to content, you're going to download heaven's thoughts, heaven's understanding, heaven's realities, heaven's strategies, Lord. While we are dreaming, Father, I thank you that you are going to be rewiring our thinking. Thank you that you are integrating us with Christ at a subconscious level. Thank you that you are doing that work. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the blood that is purging, purging, purging. Thank you there's a purging going on in our minds, Father, so that we are thinking in obedience with Christ, that our thoughts have become in agreement with yours. And so, Father, we're expecting the fruit that comes from abiding. We are expecting, Father, big juicy fruit as we abide in our thoughts with you, Lord. We just, yeah, thank you for big juicy fruit. Thank you, Father. And Lord, even as we pray in the spirit, Father, thank you that there is, you said it edifies us. There's something that's happening in our thinking, even when we pray, Father. I know our mind is fruitless, it's not fruitful when we're praying in the spirit, Lord, but I thank you that there's a, like you're doing, you're doing brain surgery while we pray in the spirit, Lord. We release our faith for that and we say yes and amen to that. And Lord, we just receive this, this upgrade tonight and we just declare that from this day forward, we are absolutely not leaning on our own understanding. We are trusting in you. We are acknowledging you in all of our ways and Lord, you are absolutely directing our paths. You are giving us your decisions, your judgments, your opinions. And we're living off of that. We're living out of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to invite you guys, if you have not downloaded a, a copy of my book yet, you can get that at uh, thepathfreebook.com.